Hello, 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 visionaries. Thank you for bringing those beautiful ears right here for episode 14 of Calm Conversations About Learning, where we lean in to re-envision education with and for the folks who matter most, parents, teachers, and of course, our young folks. I'm your host, Zanani, parent, BB, and educator for life, as well as learner for life. And this month has been all about lessons. In episode 12, I talked about the importance of making lessons intentional through the lens of our relationships with the children we're teaching. This episode will address the importance of impact as well as some ways to approach effective lesson planning. Now, if you've been listening to all the episodes, and I hope that you have, you know that I love structure. I need structure and I would marry structure if I could. As a matter of fact, if you see structure out in these streets, tell him that I am single and ready to date. (laughs) Yes, I'm a little goofy and a little sleepy. Anyway, I decided to structure this episode in the form of some of the journalistic questions. You know, the who, the what, the how, and the why. I'll explain the significance of each within the context of the lesson pillar and share a couple of calm keepers with you. So if you're ready, like Freddie, let's do it to it. Let me begin with a confession. My early lessons were lengthy and lovely, but they were not what kept me afloat as a teacher those first few years. It was my insistence, not that students be perfect, but that they practice becoming their most excellent selves, and not just academically, but personally too. It was also my realness, which was, I'll admit, rough around the edges. But even those students who weren't necessarily in love with my teaching style respected me because they knew I respected them. My realness extended to admitting when I'd made a mistake or didn't know something. This for me was part of demonstrating my respect for students. I never wanted to insult their intelligence. I wanted them to know that while I I knew a lot, I certainly didn't know everything and that nobody does. So we had to keep being learners. We had to stay curious. This also meant modeling vulnerability. I wanted them to know that they could make mistakes. They could lose face even, and that they sometimes would, but that they would survive. And what did this all come to for better or for worse? You guessed it, relationships. And as you might've guessed from listening to episode 12, I didn't always get it right. Fortunately, I cared more about students learning than I cared about being right. So when my lessons bombed, I learned to pivot on the spot and I'd simply return to the drawing board. Revision was my friend and relationships were my kin. If you practice being genuine, compassionate, respectful, and interested in who a student is, they will forgive you the occasional flat lesson. I promise. So we know that intention begins with our relationships with the babies. This means that we consider first who we're teaching, the child's learning style, their strengths and their needs, and even their beliefs about themselves personally and academically. 
In an earlier episode, I mentioned how I was always reading books on teaching and learning, ostensibly for professional development, but the truth was that I had some real deep imposter syndrome going on. Well, part of my IS issue was due to never truly becoming the teacher who could differentiate learning the way the books told me I should. It was so much work. But I imagined that my colleagues and many other educators all over the world were designing lessons that accommodated all their students. Of course, that was a lie. So then about halfway into my final years of burnout, I realized that I didn't have to do differentiation the way that the book suggested because I had implemented my own way of learning about my students so that my lessons could better accommodate their needs. Yep, I'd been doing this the entire time. Now, I repeat, I didn't always get it right, but here is a way that I learned to consider the who in preparation for lesson design. I created a getting to know you questionnaire that I distributed to my freshmen and juniors on the first day of class. I also had my freshmen write letters of introduction to me, which, by the way, became a mini lesson in writing a business letter and served as a writing sample. And... I would straight up study their questionnaire responses and letters, highlighting items of importance, making annotations about connections that I planned to make with them or incidents to follow up on. I'd learned this particular method of paying attention with intention when I read what I believe to be one of the best teacher books written. It's entitled Fires in the Bathroom, Advice for Teachers from High School Students and um It's written by Kathleen Cushman and the students of What Kids Can Do, Inc. Cushman and kids point out that teachers can learn much of what they need to know about students simply by asking them. Giving out a questionnaire on the first day of a new class shows students that the teacher cares about their strengths, interests, backgrounds, and concerns about the subject area of the class. Y'all, this is the truth and the light. I adapted the book's sample questionnaire and it became my signature first day of class handout forever and forever. Initially, it was my way of getting to know students on my own terms as opposed to using the school district's student profile system. The system could tell me where a child lived and how many times she'd been defiant with school staff over the years, but it didn't have information about the child's mom and aunt being deported over the summer. It didn't tell me that he loved reading, but hated working in groups because he always ended up doing most of the work. Part of building relationships with my students was in the understanding that they would tell me what I truly needed to know in order to teach them. The questionnaire and the letter became maps for my lesson planning. They made me more thoughtful and less theoretical because I was planning not according to my dream lesson, but for my very real students. Oh, and the questionnaire or letter is a good for the goose, good for the gander suggestion. So even if you're a homeschooling parent, this could be beneficial because sometimes when you're a parent... You don't even know what you don't know until you ask. Next comes the what, meaning what skills and knowledge will be taught and learned. The what seems straightforward. It just comes down to the tangible stuff, right? But here's the thing. 
This is also where the why enters, as in why the child needs to learn this content or these skills. Think of the why as asking and answering the question before students have the chance to catch you off guard by asking you why they have to buy what you're selling. And it is here where intention meets impact because by asking why, we are considering the roles of structure and engagement in planning and delivering lessons. So whether you're a parent or classroom teacher, it's important to know that not all lessons are created equally or equitably. This is why some students are engaging in powerful project-based learning or inquiry experiences, while other students are wading through mindless worksheets. And do not get me on a rant fest about worksheets. I'm breathing and I'm letting it go. All right. But whether a lesson is generated by you, a school district, or a lesson planning bank, you should know the why of that lesson's content or skills and the why of all the teaching and learning moves to meet the goals set forth in that lesson. Here are a few questions that you could ask to assist in getting to the why. Number one, how will the learning goals or objectives in this lesson serve my child or students in their current and future educational endeavors? Number two, in what ways will this lesson improve or challenge my child's or student's existing skills, knowledge, and interest? Number three, how will my student or child use these skills or this knowledge in their personal, career, or civic lives. I used to teach the hero's journey, and to help students understand the concept so that it would stick, I would explain to them that we were all heroes in our own lives who were on our own journeys. This is true when considering the why in lessons as well. Check this out. In the hero's journey, The hero in the book or film has been called to an adventure that will have its bumps and bruises along the way, but will ultimately yield the elixir. But the hero is initially reluctant to cross over into this special world and must be convinced by a mentor to go. Your child or your student is the hero. You are their mentor and an effective and engaging lesson is the adventure. The knowledge or skill that your child attains is the elixir to be added to their knowledge or skill bank, and in most cases will ideally contribute to their aspirations and contributions. So when evaluating or designing a lesson, a good practice might be to look or plan backward, asking yourself, hey, what is the elixir? Just remember that you want to be able to effectively plan and deliver the lesson, and this means understanding for yourself the why behind it. Once the why is confirmed, it's time to ask how. How will I teach the lesson? This includes the modalities and methods, the activities used to create engaging learning experiences. It even includes the level of the lesson, like will it be a formal lesson or an informal lesson? This is the fun stuff that you get to incorporate into your lesson. But remember when I mentioned the elixir a few minutes ago? Well, the elixir represents the proof of learning, whether what was learned was a skill or a piece of knowledge. Just remember that structure plus engagement equals impact. 
And that's what we're going for. So in bridging the intention and impact, I used backward design to plan my lessons, units, and projects, which begins with the learning goal or objective instead of tacking it on at the end. This makes sense because it's easier to prepare the methods, activities, and assessments if you know your end game. That is what you want your child or students to learn from the get-go. But here I go, being all complicated, because my lesson went beyond the learning goals and objectives and began actually with the what? The relationship. So the learning goals weren't linear. They were woven into the intention and impact, which always led me to the student. Even during the years that I taught AP English, then honors English, I knew that the exam prep The skills taught to pass these exams were only as useful as my students' strengths and needs. But again, the key is to begin with the kin, the K-I-N, in mind, the relationship. Yes, it all comes back to how you build and nurture that relationship. (sighs) I am like an old album, scratching and mixing, wicked, 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 Even if you put a penny on the record player arm, even if you clean that album with some rubbing alcohol, it's going to keep repeating. Relationship, relationship, relationship. So there it is, visionaries. When planning and delivering lessons, keep these two little words in mind, intention and impact. For your visionary homework, try implementing one of the ideas that I shared and let me know how it went. I would really love to know and I'd really love to help out. So DM me on the Instagram at Zanani116. Also, please do that podcast listener thing. Follow, subscribe, rate, review. I'll be back next week with the management pillar and we'll address the when and where of the lesson within that pillar. But in the meantime, and all up in the between time, stay well, stay wonderful, and stay calm.